So for us, this as women, you know, in 2023, we need to step up and have courageously live through the feeling of imposter syndrome. The next point I really want to make is what feeling are we running from when we are experiencing imposter syndrome? We are running from the feeling of shame. Now, here's the truth about starting anything new and living uh, outside of your comfort zone. You're going to fail and you're not going to fail once. You're going to fail multiple times. Hello and welcome to Brave Conversations. I'm your host, Sheila B. This podcast is all about helping you get brave, courageous, and confident to make real and lasting changes in your life so that, yes, you are living your truth. I'm here to help you navigate your spiritual awakening, to guide you how to heal from trauma in your past, and to manifest the life that you know you deserve. You are powerful, you are divine, and I'm here to remind you that you can achieve anything that you want in your life. I am a transformation coach, a spiritual teacher, a business mentor, a speaker, an author, and a badass brave woman. And I am obsessed with women bravely and courageously showing up to live their life with no apologies. And I cannot wait to get into today's episode with you. Hello and welcome to this podcast on overcoming imposter syndrome. Now, this is uh, one of my favorite topics to talk about, and uh, I find it's probably one of the most common things women, women in leadership, female entrepreneurs, uh, working mums, stay-at-home mums, all sorts of, uh, I guess, um, types of women in, in empowering situations face. I did uh, three talks last week to women in leadership. And one of the most common questions I got asked is I just don't feel good enough. And I don't feel good enough to ask for that promotion or step into, I guess, a situation where they really feel out of their comfort zones. Uh, As a coach, uh, this is something I, I address directly when I'm working with clients is where do they feel like an imposter in their life? And how is it stopping them from playing big and ultimately achieving their goals and visions? So in today's podcast, um, I'm going to explore what exactly is imposter syndrome. I'm going to also really address myths about it. I can't say that word correctly. (laughs) Myth, myth, untruths about imposter syndrome. And just to give you a flavor of what that would look like, imposter syndrome isn't a bad thing. Imposter syndrome, especially for women, is a sign that we are up-leveling. Imposter syndrome is a sign that we are playing big. We're in our chaos zone, out of our comfort zone. We're in our growth zone. And we are, you know, bravely taking steps to uh, achieve our visions, our goals, expand ourselves. Now, the steps into that will be through the feeling of imposter Okay, so there's some good news about imposter syndrome. It's it's not all bad. However, we can't let it overtake us. We can't let it overtake our identity or really put us in paralysis where we get so paralyzed by some of the uncomfortable feelings of imposter syndrome that we just don't take action. Okay, and I'm going to address that too. Okay, so let's start by even just talking what is what is imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome is the internal experience of inadequacy where we feel not good enough. Now, by feeling not good enough, this drives us to overcompensate for that I'm not good enough, 
I'm not worthy, I don't belong feeling. And ladies, how do we overcompensate for that feeling of I'm not good enough, I don't belong? Well, what we do is we become perfectionists and people pleaser. So I find um, imposter syndrome, perfectionism and people pleaser are all cousins. They're all related. They're all behaviors that are linked. We start out not by wanting to be a perfectionist. No, we start out by feeling like an imposter. And in reaction and response to the feeling of like an imposter, we become perfectionists and imposter syndromes to prove or try and prove that we're not, okay? Essentially what we're trying to do is we're trying to present a different version to the world, a different version to our boss, to our partners, um, to the people around us, to our family, uh, a different version to them than we believe we are because we don't want people to find out who we really are, right? That's the feeling and the experience of imposter syndrome. So the second point I want to make is imposter syndrome only exists when there is an external benchmark that we measure up ourselves against that we believe is normal or the standard. So it is very much also linked to high standards. It's linked to this feeling of being perfect. It's linked to the feeling of when I start something, I must know it all. I must be ready. Um, and I honestly can say that I've suffered from imposter syndrome for most of my career, purely because I played big and played in my growth zone so much of the time. When I was first made a manager at the age of 29, I felt like an imposter on day one. I was like, I've never managed. I've got no idea how to do this. And I managed a team of three, four, four women. So I went from managing no one to managing, you know, a sizable group of people and one of which was a fairly senior member of staff herself, right? They could have made her manager. That made the imposter syndrome worse. Years later, I did an MBA. I felt like an imposter being the only woman in a room of predominantly men. Only 20% of MBAs have females. This was like 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Um, and then I was a woman of color, right? And then, and then years later, I felt like an imposter when I became a chief financial officer, a CFO. So within finance, being a finance director, only 12% of finance directors are women and very few are women of color. So as I stepped through my career, I was constantly thinking, I don't belong here. I'm not good enough. They're going to find out that I'm not qualified for this. Then when I finally wrote my book, I'd never even written a blog post, <laughs> let alone a couple of thousand words for an article. Yet here I am writing a full 72,000 word book. I felt like an imposter, especially on the, on the book launch day. Um, when I started to keynote speak and do corporate training, every step of the way, I felt like an imposter. Starting the business that I'm running now 10 years ago felt like a massive imposter. So the, the reason why we feel like an imposter is because we see a lot of people doing the things we are aspiring to do. And we think to ourselves, I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. I'm not like them. So, and, and the reason why women face imposter syndrome more than men is because quite often the senior leadership positions we're going for. So to be in the C-suite, to be at a senior management level, um, you might be in a very technical industry like construction, engineering, law, accounting, you know, these um, 
archetypally stereotypically male industries, you're not seeing a lot of women around you holding that kind of technical knowledge. You're not seeing women in leadership at the board level. And because of that, there is a standard and a norm that looks different from you. They're men, there might be Caucasian men, there might be men that look a certain way, that's maybe over 50, whatever it might be. You could be actually a real creative walking into, you know, within a family of engineers. So, so I'm dealing with stereotypes here. But regardless, the point I'm trying to make is we experience imposter syndrome and especially women because there are very few people that look and feel like us where we want to go. And that's why one of the biggest ways I've lived my life is through little brave acts and courageous living. And this is a key part of my message because quite often where you are going, you will not find people that look like you, act like you, or sound like you. You might be the first female see, you know, person in a, in the executive suite. You might, might be the first woman in your family that graduates from university, the first woman that is an entrepreneur. I'm the first woman that's an entrepreneur in my family. Everyone else has jobs. So I, I remember thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. Everyone else has degrees and jobs and 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 gets to um, academic levels that are very senior with really uh, impressive job titles. And I thought, here I am going on being an entrepreneur as a woman. And there were no female entrepreneurs in my family that I knew of, right? So it doesn't matter who you are. It's just the fact you look around and you can't see anyone that looks like you. That exacerbates and makes the feeling of imposter syndrome harder. And it mostly relates to women because we've been suppressed generationally for so long. We haven't had mothers or grandmothers or aunts that we can look up to and go, you, you have a role model of where I'm going. They are role models to us, but may not be role models to where we're going just because they were not given the opportunities. That is the only reason. So for us, this as women, you know, in 2023, we need to step up and have courageously lived through the feeling of imposter syndrome. The next point I really want to make is what feeling are we running from when we are experiencing imposter syndrome? We are running from the feeling of shame. Now, here's the truth about starting anything new and living uh, outside of your comfort zone. You're going to fail. And you're not going to fail once, you're going to fail multiple times. And some failures might be big, some might be small, some might be embarrassing, some might be quiet, some failures you might have an audience for, some failures you might lose money, some failures might have falling out with people. There'll be all flavors of failure of different shapes and sizes. Now, if you want to play out of your comfort zone and actually achieve your vision and mission, Two points, you've got to make friends with failure and you've got to make friends with the uncomfortable feeling of shame and guilt that come up when you're experiencing failure, right? So with imposter syndrome, we fundamentally do not want to feel those uncomfortable feelings. And that could be because when we were children, those feelings of shame and guilt might've felt overwhelming. Uh, we might've been punished if we did something wrong. Uh, we might've been punished through physical uh, you know, if, if, you know, physically being hit, emotionally being told off, being berated and compared to a sibling, you know, and it might've only been a, a parent innocently doing this, or they might've been consciously doing it regardless as a little child, those feelings would have felt overwhelming. 
and unaddressed they present as like a low-grade trauma they 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 express in a freeze a fight a flight a fawn type experience so imposter syndrome sometimes can really be related to the to not wanting to feel those uncomfortable feelings of shame and guilt that inevitably will get triggered when we're stepping into a job promotion or a managerial role or speaking on a stage. You know, I, I, I coach a lot of corporate women and um, some women get asked to speak on panels or get their first invitation to speak at a conference. And it's horrifying for them. They're like, who am I to be, have any authority? And then we go through a process of looking at every reason why they have authority to be on that stage speaking. And also they have a duty to speak as a woman uh, representing other women um, as having credibility, authority, knowledge, wisdom. Women need to see other women in leadership, in, in positions of leadership. Okay. It's essential. And that's why as women, as we rise up through the ranks, we have a responsibility to all the women um, below us to, to set examples to be um, inspiring, to be motivational, uh, because that is how we lift the collective, okay? Well, let's address the symptoms of imposter syndrome because there are many. Basically, when we experience imposter syndrome, it is related to the experience of perfectionism and people-pleasing. And the reason why we enact these behaviors is it will it, we are tr attempting to compensate and overcompensate for this feeling of deficiency and not good enough. So how do we do this? Well, we work longer hours than everyone else thinking if I work longer, I can compensate, right? And we'll hide the feeling of being an imposter, right? We do more. So there is very little chance of anyone saying you're not good enough. We leak boundaries and boundary creeps tend to happen. So you start working longer and longer hours. And before you know, it's weekends. And before you know it, you're cancelling your vacation. And before you know it, you're missing out on your kids, you know, important events. And this is two to three years later, all from seeding from the fact is, I just don't know if I belong in this role. Okay. You procrastinate, you know, I would procrastinate for long periods of time and then have to work after hours because I was constantly fighting this feeling of not being good enough. Now, when you're doing anything at work, or even if you're a business owner, every time you start something that's pushing you out of your comfort zone, you're going to suck at at the beginning. You're going to be really crap. I'm currently writing my second book and it's a slog. I'm like, oh, wow. I, I'm having that feeling of remembering what it feels like to be really crap at writing <laughs> or going, I'm just not good at this. And, and inevitably, if anyone out there is listening and you're writing a book, it's going to, it's going to feel bad for a lot of the time. It's going to feel wonderful to get your stories out. It's what I'm, my experience is, but for so much of it, it's like, does, is anyone going to read this? Is this going to help anyone? You know, is my writing even any good? You know, all you, you're kind of having two parts of your brain working, Part of it is this negative Nancy voice talking to you. And there's another voice, your cheer squad, you've got your inner critic. And then there's the inner coach going, you can do it. You can do it. Just keep going. It's going to get easier. So imposter syndrome is very much the battle of the inner critic and the inner coach. Now the inner coach has to always win. The inner critic will just be there. It's part of the reptilian brain. It's part of childhood experiences and memories it's regulating your nervous system on some level just to pull you back and go, hey, play safe. You know, 
don't push the boundaries, but there's an inner coach that you need to listen to. That's the visionary one taking you to your goals. Okay. So let me now take you through some myths about imposter syndrome. The first is you will never stop feeling like an imposter and I don't want you to. I know I will never stop feeling like an imposter. So I did a lot of keynote speaking in Sydney, Australia for a while. And then I got an invitation to speak in Canada and the US. Now I'd mastered, you know, some real, uh, some, some real traits and abilities in terms of keynote speaking. But suddenly when I got invited to a bigger group in a foreign country, I suddenly felt like an imposter all over again, even though my husband on the plane ride over and right before events, he's like, you've done this so many times. And I'm like, I know yet here I am feeling nervous or feeling like I hope the crowd will receive my message just because they're, you know, in a different country. So and they loved it. You know, I was very successful. I've been invited back. Now, the point I'm trying to make is I went over there feeling like an imposter. It did not stop me. And it didn't stop me being hungry to, you know, um, do the best I can and think beyond that event. I went, what's the next event? Right. So I had to hold the inner critic and the inner coach together. Experiencing imposter syndrome is actually a fantastic sign. It's a sign you are leveling up, it's a sign you're playing big. It's a sign you are stepping into your vision and goals. It's also a sign when you push through it that you are ready to sit in the discomfort that comes from chasing your dreams and goals. It's going to be uncomfortable. And the question you've got to ask yourself is, am I ready to sit in that discomfort? And that's why um, having a coach, a mentor, um, some sort of tribe around you where you meet regularly, you know, once a month, once every two weeks, even weekly if you can, I have multiple coaches in for different parts of my business, my spiritual development, because I know that there's going to be a little gremlin inside me saying, who do you think you are? And it's like, sometimes I need an external voice to say, keep going. So my internal voice can go, yes, I will. Okay. That's the point of a coach and a mentor. It's the external voice because, and I've got another whole podcast on healing. I mean, there's many podcasts I'll record on healing. The healing is layers. Right. And so the imposter syndrome is just another layer needs to be healed. That's all it is. Another layer of insecurity needs to be healed. Okay. Now, the second thing about imposter syndrome, if you use it calmly, it's a feedback system. So instead of uh, re um, reacting to, oh, I feel like an imposter and this is the worst feeling in the world, I've used it as feedback. Uh, years ago, I was asked to go on psychic TV to be a psychic reader on live Australian television. Now I'd only been working in the field for six months. One of my early beautiful mentors, um, Beck, she said to me, Sheila, you're ready. She could see I was talented. She could see I was a natural medium and natural channel. And she said, you're ready to go on psychic TV. And I remember saying, no, like, I, I, I just don't know how to do that. Now, the thing with being on TV, firstly, this was live Australian television, it was in front of a camera. I'd never done any camera work. I didn't know how to work with a host and a and a and a, a an actual a camera. You know, I wasn't sure if I could channel on like on live TV with so much uh, stress around me. With so much, um, the lights on me. There's a there's a camera guy. There's a lighting guy. There's staff around. There was a lot of kind of I guess you could say a bit of noise. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. So what did I do? I used that feeling of imposter syndrome, and I went. 
and Googled and found myself green screen recording. Now, this is well beyond Instagram. Instagram hadn't even been invented yet. I didn't even think Facebook videos were invented. It was such a long time ago. I think we're talking 10 years ago now. And um, I, I said to this lady when I rang her, I said, I'm, I'm being asked to go on a TV show and I'm really freaked out. And I said, can you just get some people together? I'm going to give them free psychic readings. You've just got to film me and we've got to pretend like I'm in a TV studio. So she created this feeling like I was I was next to a host on a, in a TV studio and we practiced. And I said, the, the only thing I'm asking is they give me honest feedback around how accurate my readings are. Medium, meet my mediumship readings, my psychic readings. They can ask me any questions I want. I'll channel through guidance. Well, I did this three hour test. It was, I, I passed with flying colors. I paid this lady money, good money to uh, test out. Can I do this? So by the time I got to the recording studio, it was on, it was on channel 74 um, in Australian television. By the time I got to the studio, it was a Friday night. There was definitely this feeling of imposter, but there was way more of a feeling of I'd practiced, I'd prepared, you know, I knew I wasn't perfect and there would be some things that would feel new on the day, but I had closed the gap in where I felt there was a gap in my abilities. So if you work with a coach or a mentor, or you can work by yourself, if you want to become a manager or you want to become an executive, sit and have a really honest conversations. What are my skill gaps? And what am I doing about those skill gaps? And do I need a coach or a mentor? Do I need to do a course? Um, do I need to have an internal mentor? Um, what do I need to do to bridge those gaps? So uh, it's a feedback mechanism, imposter syndrome. Uh, if you use it in a grounded way, if you're in your body, if you're realistic, and you might need a coach or a mentor just to help you reflect back where some skill gaps might be. Now, another way to overcome imposter syndrome and manage the largeness of the feeling of imposter syndrome and kind of bring it into a manageable type emotion is reflect on all your successes. So I have women I coach that say, I just can't do this. Um, I'll fail if I do. Um, I have no idea how I'm going to get there, you know, um, I have no idea how I even got here and how I'm going to turn up in a month and do this new role, right? So it's very um, chaotic kind of language, catastrophizing, very myopic, one-sided thinking. It's very negative, so they're not able to see the positives. Um, it, it, it feels like an overwhelmed feeling. And the way I coach and work with them, and it's always it always works, is I get them to list their successes, all different types of successes in terms of leading teams, managing through crisis, dealing with different difficult staff. If they're running a business, how much money they made, even if they've made like thousand dollars, I'm like, you still made a thousand dollars. Like you can, you know, in, in terms of um, ability to charge for a product, you've able, you were able to do that. So there's way more evidence of success in your past than we, as women, we ever give ourselves credit for. We're so used to berating ourselves. It comes from childhood experiences. It comes from society's collective, society's reflection back of what success is. And the fact that, you know, you lose your looks, you lose your beauty, you lose your body, you get older, that you've lost something. We never really fed as women that we're gaining constantly wisdom, depth, um, our humor, 
our sense of forgiveness, compassion. No one ever reminds us of this, right? So we've been suppressed in so many different subconscious, unconscious ways to shut down our successes and forget that we ever had them, or we diminish our success, or we reduce it to, I just got lucky, or this was just one time, right? So a very solid practice. And I've done this when I've been sort of in the gutter, really down on myself. I've written just pages of why I should be proud of myself from little, little moments to big moments, right? You've got to remind yourself that, you, you know, you're not a, a, an imposter as much as you think. There's actually way more evidence of your success um, there than uh, you're allowing yourself to see. Okay. Now I want us finally to flip imposter syndrome and I want us to start seeing it as necessary. You are not going to get to your big audacious hairy goals without feeling like an imposter. It's necessary for your growth, your expansion to achieve your goals. So it's essential to change our relationship with imposter syndrome. Change it to, to one where it's like, wow, I'm up leveling. Wow, this is uncomfortable, but I'm getting used to sitting in difficult, uncomfortable emotions. And I'm learning to manage how, how overwhelmed I get by them. And I have coaches and mentors and therapists and counselors. And I listen to other people and their journey, right? It's called getting resourced. You cannot use imposter syndrome as an excuse not to do it. And do you know why? Because when you use imposter syndrome as an excuse to play small, not start or to quit, over time, you start to resent people that have actually pushed through imposter syndrome and built resilience and, and are on their way to living their dreams and goals. Resent starts to turn into envy and jealousy. I truly believe envy and jealousy is our inability to transform imposter syndrome uh, and many other uh, limiting beliefs that hold us back, right? So we watch people that are like, how did you do it, right? And we think that uh, other people that are running businesses, speaking on stages, you know, um, having ha having big jobs and having a family and, and basically doing whatever they want to do, like living their, living their version of authentic, happy life, whatever that version is. We see them doing it and we get very jealous and envy. How are you doing it? And all they've done is push through the uncomfortable emotions of shame, guilt, and imposter syndrome, and they've done it anyway, right? So if you don't manage it, over time we resent and become very envious and jealous of people that, that have kind of um, mastered it. Now, finally, I just want to say, hope that today has helped you understand a bit more about imposter syndrome and helped you understand that imposter syndrome is just feedback. It's feedback about where we feel insecure. It's feedback about an old wound that might be coming up that needs to be addressed with a therapist or a healer. It's actually a wonderful sign that you are on your way to achieving your goals and your vision. You're starting to play big. And it's just, uh, you know, everything you learn when you process through imposter syndrome on the other side of that becomes your wisdom. So in pursuing so many things out of my comfort zone, it's not like I don't feel like an imposter syndrome, but now when it comes into my life, I say to myself, oh, there you are, old friend. Oh, there you are, imposter syndrome. You're just here helping me now. I've completely transformed my relationship with it. Not that it disappears, but I have a dialogue with imposter syndrome and I see it as something coming in to help me, give me information about 
how I need to adjust my thinking and how I need to sort of manage my emotions in a difficult way. I hope today has helped you. Anyone listening in on imposter syndrome, if you think this could help anyone else that are trying to play big and don't really know how to get to that next level, uh, please share it with them. Uh, subscribe below to uh, on the subscribe button on YouTube. Follow me on Instagram, Sheila underscore V underscore underscore. Book in a reading with me if you're wanting some one-on-one -on -one coaching. I love my one-on-one -on -one intuitive psychic mediumship sessions. If you're wanting good old-fashioned coaching, check it out. I run a couple of programs. I call one that the Awakened Woman helps you tap in and start and learn how to channel. I've got the Brave Woman, which helps you overcome imposter syndrome, perfectionism, people-pleasing, put in place boundaries, transform your life in 10 weeks. We look at one big problem you're trying to face and we transform it in 10 weeks. Where you're trying to get your own spiritual mentoring, coaching, energy healing business up and running and you don't know where to start. What I do in that business is I hold your hand. So it's, 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 I, I kind of really do it with you for you. That's because when I first started my business, I, I had no idea what I was doing. And so I love coaching women at the, the very beginning. Like you haven't even made a dollar yet. I'm there to hold your hand. Anyway, my name is Sheila V. It is such a pleasure talking to you, sharing uh, a little tidbits of what I've learned in my life and tune in more for the, the next um, podcast on Brave Conversations. Sending you much love. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. I'm filled with gratitude for you. I honor you for choosing you, your personal growth and your evolution. Thank you for letting me into your world. It has been a privilege. Now do me one favor, one big thing. Share this podcast with a soul sister or brother who needs to hear this. My mission on planet earth is to help as many people as possible so we can be bold, be brave and be courageously ourselves. I'll see you on the next episode.